Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And before we introduce our wonderful guest today, we're going to do our Patreon shout outs for Patreon. the people. Yes, the people that have subscribed to our Patreon and donated to our podcast. If you're not familiar, patreon.com is a website where you can um, donate to the arts in general. Yeah. So if you like our content, please consider making a donation to our podcast at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. You get... A lot of really cool exclusive benefits depending on how much you donate. And But at the very least, any donation amount, you get a shout out on this podcast. Yes. Which is what we're about to do. Yeah. And the shout out entails a shout out of your name. And then Young Me and I will guess who you are based on your name alone. Yes. And we'll leave it at that because sometimes it gets pretty chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Young Me, are you ready for our shout outs? Yes, I'm ready, Brian. Okay. So our first shout out goes to lawful adult level, just one name, Monica. Monica. See, Monica, I am a huge Monica fan. Man. Just in general. Monica has dark energy, the name. I just realized. I'm thinking of Monica from Friends. Courtney Cox has dark hair. Yeah. Well, like not dark as a bad, but like dark you know, I believe that there's no such thing as good and bad. So for me, dark energy is hot and good. I, I think very hot. Yeah. Actually, you don't, Goth meet, energy. you don't meet many Monicas these days. No. Yeah. It's like a nostalgic, sexy vibe. A 90s R&B vibe. Very 90s, sexy girl vibes. Monica has big Sagittarius <laughs> energy for me. Just, you know. Uh, and I'm just going to keep Powerful saying and sexy chaotic. girl vibes. Yeah. <laughs> That's who that person is okay. for sure. <laughs> uh, big Sagittarius energy, dark energy, big sexy but vibes. in a sexy good way. Yeah. In a good way. Thank you for your donation, Monica. Second shout out goes to lawful adult level, Melissa S. Melissa S. Melissa. Melissa. I see Melissa. I see, you know what I see? I see like knitted sweater. She likes knitting. Okay. She drives everywhere. That's she, psychic energy. Every night she unwinds with some chamomile tea and a book yeah. next to a fireplace. And then like maybe half a Xanax or something, you know, she's kind of, <laughs> she's on the edge. She's edgy. Yeah. I think Melissa S, the fact that she only wrote the first letter of her last name makes me feel like she has an important person job. <laughs> Don't she, say real estate again. <laughs> <laughs> it's she become sound, a joke on sound. this podcast that I feel like everyone works in real estate. She has important person energy for sure. Yeah, I'm going to say she is... Oh. She is one of the most essential workers of our times right now. She is a... Nurse? A, 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 um... She is a leading microimmunologist who has to give, she tours colleges and gives lectures. And, when you say, when and, you her, say. and her last name S is very specific in spelling, but she loves our podcast too much to not want to donate. So she's I risking see. it all right now I see. with this donation. When you said she's a very essential worker, I thought of that meme where it's like the Baskin Robbins ice cream mascot. And it's like, <laughs> how am I an essential worker? I was like, that's <laughs> Melissa inside that costume. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thank you for your donation, Melissa. And our last shout out for this episode goes out to Lawful Adult Level, 
Rachel Wicca. Wow. How is Wicca spelled? W-I-C-K-A. And we apologize for doxing you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought like Wicca, like the, like the witch religion. Again, dark energy. Wiccan? Yeah. Different spelling, but let's go with it. So she's a... I think Wiccans practice Wicca. Which is spelled different. I'm in a roast sure mood right can- now. Rachel Wicca is a trust fund baby that lives in Ooh. Bushwick. Loves shopping at those expensive witch stores. She's and, a textile artist and her stepmom and is Kamala Harris. <laughs> and every other Instagram story is about crystal energies. Mm. You're saying she's one of those like rich kids posing as a I'm, I'm poor person? Uh, yeah, which is basically all of Brooklyn. <laughs> Myself included. Uh, you guys, you want a stick and poke tattoo? Please. <laughs> I'm, I can't pay rent. <laughs> Let's say something nice about Rachel because she did donate. But I mean, I have to say those people are the hottest of people. Yeah, those are, those are the girls Brian. that I fantasize <laughs> about on my hinge and then never respond after oh. two messages. Brian, you looked, you went very, somewhere very far for a second. I went way too personal. But you, you're back now. I'm like 80% sure I matched with Rachel Wicca on hinge now. <laughs> Rachel is just somebody that Brian matched with on hinge. Yeah. <laughs> Energy. And, beca- and because she ghosted me, I am going ham and shitting on her crystal love of crystals. That's what's going on. That's, uh, Okay, I'm projecting I get it. Here. All right. All right. Let's introduce our guest. <laughs> um, guys, we're so excited for this guest this week because she is fucking awesome and I'm I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn, baby. <laughs> uh, our guest this week is a reporter for Vox and she specializes in internet and consumer trends and the youth culture. Guys, give your ears to Terry Wen. Hi, thank you for having me on, guys. Thanks for doing the pod. I'm so excited to have you on because I feel like you're the first uh, unnatural hair color person. Oh my God. I low-key want to start a cult of like blonde slash crazy haired Asian girls in New York. Can I be in it too? Yes. (laughs) What if you're like, no. (laughs) I'm I'm intimidated of Terry because the moment she hopped on the Zoom, she complimented your fit, young me, and then said my fit was absolute trash. (laughs) (laughs) You asked. It wasn't trash. I just, the vibes are different. Terry said that it looks that like you're prefer- wearing pajamas. That's a professional reporter way of saying the fit was absolute garbage dumpster. <laughs> the vibes were different. Um, Terry, before we ask you how you feel, young me, how are you feeling? So I am feeling so freaking overwhelmed again. I feel like every once in a while oh. I like get in these overwhelmed states. Oh no. Because I um I have a six year old son and last week I believe school got canceled, which is fine, but like he was going he was only going half the time anyway. Uh, and then the other days he was doing Zoom school at home, but mm. now he's doing Zoom school every single day. Oh, and God. so it's like, I am his teacher every single day. Yeah. And it's just like so overwhelming yeah, because yeah. he like doesn't want to do it. And every time, and I I know he's like six. So for him, that seems like a lot of work, but it's literally like one of his assignments will be like, write 
one word. And I'm just like, <laughs> just, I know it's hard for you, but like, if you write this word, it will take two minutes and then we will be done. But it like, he just doesn't want to do it. So he like cries and like whines oh, for like no. 20 minutes. And I'm like, <sighs> and you know, it's like hard for me to be like, I've, I've like, I feel like I've gotten better about not like getting upset or anything. So I just say there, there are times now where I'm just like, okay, mommy feels very frustrated. Why don't you go to your room and you can like look at your iPad and mommy's <laughs> just going to sit here for 10 minutes and breathe. Right. And, and it's like, it's so sweet because he like goes in his room, but then like all he wants is like to hang out with me. Yeah. And I'm like, mommy wants to hang out with you too. But I just, I literally, if I just need 10 minutes so I don't yell at you. Uh, mommy loves you very much, but the vibes are different. The, vi <laughs> <laughs> the vibes Bro, are different vibes right your vibes are now. off. <laughs> Should I start talking like that? <laughs> then you'll get it. Bro, vibes off. And vibes like, okay, are off right now. Okay, Go to mommy, your room. I understand. I'll write two sentences now. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's a struggle to not, you know, like not get frustrated. And, you know, it's just like us having a lot of conversations about how hard it is. But also like it is hard, but it's also really nice to just be around him all the time. You know, it's like fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I'm just feeling overwhelmed by the school thing. How about you, Brian? How do you feel? Uh, somewhat similar, but I feel like for an opposite reason. Mm. So I've, at my new job, I've worked exclusively from home. But this past week, we just started going back into the office. Ooh. And I'm fucking tired. I've realized, like, how many just liberties I was taking working from home. Mm -hmm where I could kind of just fuck around whenever I wanted, but eventually I'll get the work done. Yeah. Whereas this week back in the office, you know, my manager will tell me to do something and I'd have to remind myself, oh, that means I have to do this right now because you <laughs> didn't see me work. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I can't just lay down on my bed for five minutes and <laughs> complain about what the fuck my life is he, and then get to work. He's like, Brian, can you do this? You're like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, can I just uh, can I just vacuum the office for like twenty <laughs> minutes first before so I start funny. working? Wait, I don't get coronavirus or quarantine at all. Because why are the schools shut down the same week that you went back to work? How does anything make, make sense? sense? Really? <laughs> How does this make sense? Like, who's in charge here? Uh, I think this was a temporary thing because we had a big deadline due, and mm, my manager was like, "I think it'll be a good idea." idea if the people who work from New York, we could just meet in a room and we were all on separate corners. Right. But no, I'm um, sure it's safe. It's more, honestly, it's, just, it's more it's efficient funny. to work in person. But uh, for myself, I realized, yeah, I take a lot of five minute power naps <laughs> during the day just to get through the day. <laughs> I'm glad that you said something because like, I feel like now I'm like shifting into this weird, like segmented life where I, I don't eat like three meals or I, I don't sleep like eight hours. I sleep like five hours and then like two hours here and there. Yeah. And I eat like a little snack every like two hours, which I feel like maybe is more natural feeling for me. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. But it makes me feel better. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I'm feeling. A, a bit exhausted, but good otherwise. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Terry? How are you feeling? I feel like my initial answer, my impulse of an answer is that I'm feeling great, but you guys have such sad Let's go. <laughs> feelings. Whoa. <laughs> no, but no, I was going to say, but like under the surface <laughs> of that, um, 
there's a lot of dread in my life just because of, you know, my job and being constantly tuned in to hearing bad news and being like, oh, my God, Mm. shit is really bad. I mean, not super bad in New York, but things are really terrible in the Midwest and like in California where my family is. And so like that sort of cumulative stress has really sort of like piled up, but I'm on a, I'm starting my five day weekend like today. So I'm trying to be very grateful (laughs) for that. So I'm like, I can't like come out saying like, I feel bad, but underneath it all, I do feel very like, I don't know, just nervous for the future and Mm. next year, strangely enough. And would you say this five day weekend is contributing heavily to this good vibes and great feeling that you're emoting right now? Oh, entirely. Like I, <laughs> nothing like makes me feel better than just being able to like vegetate yeah. um, for like three days straight. <laughs> is that, is, is that your plan for your little vacation? Yeah. I mean, just chill. Like, what else is there to do yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. True. I'm just going to lay point. in my bed and watch girls because I'm like eight years late to that show and I'm doing all like the New York shows since I've moved here. That's so funny. When did you move to New York? I moved here last August, but it feels like I got a very like shortened experience because of COVID. Oh, wow. Mm. Where did you move from? Um, I was in DC for a year before that, but I've spent my entire life in California. Okay. Awesome. Um, I watched girls when I was in labor. (laughs) Nice. That's when I caught it. Because, like, you're in labor forever and you, like, just sit there doing nothing. So that's when I, like, watched the entire thing. And I was like, I don't know if this was the right time for me to watch this. This is excruciating. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Terry, you recently wrote an article that I found incredibly interesting, and it touched on this recent election cycle. And you said that um, Vietnamese American voters relative to other Asian American groups skewed more in favor for Trump. Is that correct? Yeah, that um, like according to like whatever, like surveys before the election, like a solid percentage, like I would I think it was like 48 percent of people compared to 36 percent in favor of Biden and the rest were undecided. Mm. And that was just really interesting because I remember like there were a lot of like Viet friends I had who were sharing that and they were like, oh, my God, Viet people got to do better. But I felt like it was a really complex phenomenon that like needed sort of unpacking, which was why I went ahead and sort of wrote that article, which served a little bit as like therapy for me, just because like I've always wanted to like put those thoughts I've had like on paper as yeah. to like why that is. Yeah. And what are and what are the thoughts that you had um, on why that is? Yeah. So just based on talking to a lot of sort of like first generation immigrants who really clearly remember the war, like these folks are like my parents age. So they're like 50 and older. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just really frightened of like socialism. And Mm -hmm. strangely enough, like Trump and the Republican Party have done weird, effective, weird, but effective messaging that like Biden is a socialist, which Mm -hmm. like if you are like tapped into politics, you would know that like that is not the case whatsoever. Right. And just a lot of things get lost in translation with folks who don't have a lot of English proficiency. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is them being, you know, traumatized by their past history with authoritarian Mm -hmm. governments. Right. And also them just 
you know, the Republican Party also is really good at being like, we're pro like small business and we want your kids to go to college. And I feel like Asian immigrants just broadly like gravitate towards like a very simple message. Right. Right, right, right. Um, and that message because of like their past trauma is like ringing truer to them or like something that they can relate to more than like for us when we're just like, no, these Republicans are obviously racist and which is like kind of like more of an abstract feeling. Yeah. I also think it's like very historical that like mm -hmm. when a lot of these immigrants, Vietnam immigrants came here, it was in the seventies mm -hmm. and eighties. And that was like, Republicans have been in power and they always had mm -hmm. the belief that Republicans were in favor of or wanted to support them, mm. um, despite, you know, like Republicans have a terrible history of racism. But, you know, I yeah. feel like if you're an immigrant and you don't really understand the black white dynamic in this country, it's like mm -hmm. hard to understand. And so right. that was something I also learned. I feel like the Vietnam War is uh, very unique and specific too, obviously for Vietnamese Americans, because I like, I assume the messaging of Republicans, like we hear this and it's like a very slippery soap argument that they like to make is, well, a vote for Bernie is a vote for socialism. And you know, what's going to come next is communism. Like that's, that, that, that's just an inevitable outcome. And I feel like that would hit v especially elder Vietnamese Americans differently than it would compared to other Asian American groups. Yeah, it, that's definitely true. Like there are a lot of things that are wrapped up in like confusing English language for them. Like for example, okay. Medicare for all, they're right. like, oh, socialized medicine is bad, but like, you know, they might benefit from it. And they're not aware that like they qualify for these social services that like mm. benefit their life. And I do think it's not just like Vietnamese Americans. Right. I right. like looked into and talked to other folks like Taiwanese Americans, like mm -hmm. folks from Hong Kong who are really worried about you know, this simmering tension between their homeland and China. Mm -hmm. And they're also very mm -hmm. like pro-Trump in that regard. And so right. um, the same thing has happened to like, and you know, like Latino immigrants from like Cuba, for example. Right. So right. it's just right. like really interesting, similar parallels that are happening. Yeah, I think it's a very important point that you make uh, with bringing up the immigrant um, experience and how much that has a, a role in playing and how people view um, politics because their background, you know, like obviously a lot of young, younger people, people your age, like Gen Z in America, they like tout this like socialist uh, mentality and like a lot of people are falling into that. And, and, you know, personally, as somebody that like identifies as like a socialist, I also think it's great. But then if you're coming from a, a country where that went aw awry and it went sort of south and it, it turned out to like traumatize you and your family that you have a very different understanding of what socialist, what that word means. Do you know what I mean? So I could see how people would fear that. And I just want to say that I think it's like a very good point that you bring up the immigrant stuff because it is not like the Vietnamese Americans numbers are slightly higher, right. but the like Korean American, like older generation people are very conservative and they do vote very conservative too. And they're not far behind from Vietnamese Americans. Right? Yeah. It's really interesting. I was looking at this kind of like chart that like freaked me out a little um, in uh -huh. the sense that like there were like six ethnic groups and like every one of them had like a downwards trend of like blue and like an upwards trend of red and it was like mm -hmm. very gradual but like that trend is probably going to go in the direction that we think it's going like mm. if you know um it's possible that like it can invert itself but like you know 
uh, Korean Americans, Chinese Americans, like Japanese Americans are like, they're becoming middle-class people. They mm -hmm. like maybe don't want high taxes. And so like that is also happening while there is this sort of like really interesting resurgence of people wanting like more socialist, more like policies that will help like pretty much everyone. Mm. So that's a really interesting sort of dynamic that's happening in our community specifically, I think. Right. It's like class solidarity, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your research, were you able to interview uh, younger Asian Americans too? Yes. I actually like know a lot of them tangentially, just weirdly through like Asian circles. So I'm like, right, I already right. know like what kind of <laughs> they're dealing with. Um, but yeah, there is like this generational gap, I think, that is happening mm. across, like, regardless of ethnic group, like it's kind of emerging between like people are being like, oh, my parents vote differently and I like vote differently. And like mm. we're trying to like sway each other onto like whichever side. And that's just like a really interesting thing that's happening, I think. How do you feel? How do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like, okay, because I know that you're like, you're part of Gen Z. Um, how do you feel like your peers, do you think that they're super into politics, like just on average? Okay. I have a theory that it started with Trump because okay. like wow. I, I have a lot of, I guess I have friends in their late twenties and they were like, yeah, like when we were like your age, we weren't like super tapped in, but right. I do think like Trump just forced young people to think about politics and I think, like, I'm on the older end of Gen Z, mm -hmm. um, but, like, there are kids in high school who are, like, phone banking, and they were, right. like, doing the March for Our Lives, and it's just pretty crazy that, like, when I was 16, I was definitely not thinking about politics, because I think Obama was still in office, and, like... I don't know, I was being a teenager. <laughs> right. right, right, right. I guess that's like a good thing about Trump because I do feel like that's true. People were, are like way more engaged. When I was like in high school, it was when it was George Bush Jr., the second one, the second coming of the Bushes. And, and I remember there was like this little like tick of people my age, like starting to get into politics because he was so horrible. And I feel like Trump is just like an escalated version of you know, him. Now people um, love Bush. Yeah, people now we, like the good old days. People forgot. <laughs> right, right, right. I remember when I was in high school, we were like, fuck that guy. Dick Cheney is the devil. You know, like <laughs> we were like, fuck this. Like everyone knew he was a whore. He did 9-11. Like everyone forgot. That is a fact. <laughs> 100% true. He did 9-11. So basically what's going to happen is four years from now, <laughs> Donald Trump is going to start uh, painting portraits dog, of, dogs, of dogs and then we'll just forget everything that Trump did. Like, oh, I love him, man. He's so sweet. <laughs> Look at how cute. That feeling when you're tan, cute you know? and painting. He's, so, he's just tan. He's just extra tan, no. but he's like a good person. No, oh. we will never forget. We will not let that, we will not let this happen again. <laughs> I'm like, sh like, you know, people are like, George Bush is so cute and like, he's such a himbo. I'm like, no. Hey, what? <laughs> no. He's a terrorist. Oh. Yeah, I think your theory is right. And I'd be interested yeah. to see how it plays out in the Biden presidency. If we're going to revert back to where teenagers are just going to be teens and fucking skipping school and not phone baking. <laughs> I I hope that for them. Like, I hope that oh, for really? myself. <laughs> well, like, I know, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like I was in college when Trump got elected mm -hmm. yeah. and like, it just like shifted the dynamic 
from like the fall to like November. I remember the right. day like November 6th, like people were crying. Oh, and, like, wow. yeah, just, I remember that. Yeah, it was really like people were crying in the dorms and like no one was like sleeping. It was just uh-huh. really uh, weird. Don't you, don't you Where think did it, you go to undergrad? Oh, I went to USC. Oh, I feel like USC is a school that has a lot of very low key Trumpies. <gasps> oh, yeah. Is that true? Like, people are rich. Like- yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's just like a big private school, but you'll have, you know, the, a lot of OC kids and it's very uh, Trumpy there. I'm, so from, people- I'm from the OC. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes, it is very Trumpy. There was like a huge Huntington Beach rally like a few days ago. Oh wow. My God. Um, you mentioned that you are on the later end of Gen Z, but you are still at least in my eyes, you are very much Gen Z and you have a newsletter, right? That covers Gen Z stuff or topics. Yeah. I have a very inconsistent side newsletter in which I sort of rant a little bit about why people misinterpret Gen Z and Mm. like things to look out for. But Mm. yeah, it's called Gen Yeet. I started it. I think it's been like over a year now. Actually, I started it in February of last year. Okay. So it's been a long time coming. And yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a blog. Our blogs, like blogs are not cool now, but... Newsletters are cool. You're asking the wrong person. I don't don't even know what heat means. I just (laughs) say it emphatically and no one seems to have any follow-ups. That's (laughs) how it's supposed to be said. I think it's like just meant to be like a interest a descriptor, like an enthusiastic descriptor. All I know is that my six-year-old son says it all the time. I know he's like, Yeet! I'm like, what? Does he like throw something and say it? Because like that's sort of the context I like was introduced to it. Yes, whenever he throws something, he goes, Yeet! And then randomly he'll just say it too without any reason. (laughs) (laughs) And then he also screams and his name is John Cena, like out of nowhere. And I have literally no idea what that is. I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what would you say is the biggest difference between Gen Z Asian Americans and uh, millennial Asian Americans like us? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I I don't know. I don't really know, but I do think like in Gen Z, there's just so more like, there's a lot more of like online community, Mm. like on TikTok, on like Facebook. There was a time when I was in subtle Asian dating on Facebook and it was truly insane where there were like 19 year olds from like Canada, Australia, and like the US, like just meeting each other, like on Facebook. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. So Gen Z, they use Facebook still? What? Yeah, they do. They do use Facebook. Yeah. Gen Z is on Facebook. Wow. Gen Z is on Facebook. And they're dating on Facebook. Whoa. This is, wait, wait. And, 19 sorry. year olds wait, dating. What is subtle Asian dating? I don't even know how it started, but it was a Facebook group pretty much that people just like invited their other Asian friends to. And like you could submit like three to like six photos of your friend and like, auction them off and be like this is um brian he is like x years old and like his interest is like boba raving and like edm or whatever boba raving and edm (laughs) 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 and and, like people would just slide in their dms and like you'd add like your instagram handle or whatever and like people would just slide in their dms it was crazy i can't recover from the fact that gen z uses facebook and we didn't know about it right Wait, so you were just like dating some like 19 year old from Canada? 
No, 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 no. Oh, I was not on you. there, like, and, like, just to observe. But people oh, were. It was crazy. My like, friend people was got on there. Together. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Wow. Wait, so is that, are those the uh, identification markers for a lot of Gen Z Asians then? Like EDM, Boba, and... Raves. What, raves? No, I just threw, like, Orange County Asians, like, the oh. first thing that came to my brain okay. i feel like that's just there. every asian person that's the stereotype isn't it no boba, because, EDM a of, and no, because a lot no. of gen z asians are hating on boba liberalism now young me get with it okay sorry i'm so out <laughs> of that's touch like a sub, that's like the cool subset that would be like no i'd never be on subtle asian dating so there's like a lot of you know there's a lot of them <laughs> Whoa. that's amazing okay so then what are things that uh us millennial asians do that you think is whack and lame like I'm wearing, like I'm wearing like a long sleeve polo right now, and you kind of shat on me the moment no, we hopped on the Zoom. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Brian. I just want to apologize. No, I'm totally fine. But it's not like I keep bringing this up during the episode. I feel like Brian yeah, totally wants not. wants acceptance into your group. <laughs> I He's like, please, so bad. Accept me into your Gen Z party. Yeah, I mean, if you want to auction me off on subtle Asian dating, I'm not against it. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I think it's teeny boppers though, so like not oh, age appropriate. No, 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 uh, no, 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 Brian, no, come no, on, no, Brian. no. <laughs> no, but I I actually don't have anything against millennials because I mm. do feel like a lot of my friends are millennials. Um, I like did this weird thing where I graduated early and hang out with more millennials and like Gen Z. Okay. But I think like when I think of millennial Asians, I think of like. The Fung Bros, like Wang Fu and like oh, food bloggers. No. So I think of them like in that sort of like, we are Asian, ASEAN. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. that's like, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. But it, it's like sort of, I feel like a lot of Gen Z Asian Americans are like very proud to be Asian and like they're yeah. trying to date other Asian people. And like Asian kids on TikTok are like, thirst trapping so it's a lot of like it's like Mm. a subtler level of pride I think that resulted from you know millennials being there first like y'all had to do that for us to get here so I think oh I I do think it's it's interesting that you mentioned uh Asians dating other Asians and Mm -hmm. do you think that's in reaction to seeing millennial Asians trying to like navigate that space and having a proclivity for dating non-Asian people Truly, I don't know. I feel like I, like, have friends who run the gamut of, like, being, like, oh, I only want to date, like, POC and other Mm. people who are, other girls who are, like, oh, my God, I like white guys. And so it's it's very, I don't know. I still think, like, there's more of a desire to meet other Asians, like, virtually because, like, maybe in your town there isn't enough, like, hot Asian people you want to meet. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you just sign on TikTok... Every Asian, Every Asian is person on there is attractive. Hot. Yep, it's scary. It's I don't scary. get why they're so hot. It's like I was not that hot at like seventeen. Please stop. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm seeing the older ones that are hot. What? I'm seeing what? like these like there's all these I don't know I have a I'm I'm sure I have a very different TikTok than you. They're all like <laughs> the, I, the other day I, there was like this like construction worker burly man like it's <laughs> like thirty some I don't know oh, so he's got a beard deep in construction but he's TikTok. Asian. He's like muscular Asian construction man. He's like I'm gonna like just slinging a hammer and I was like this is on my for you page. This is for me. I love it. 
<laughs> that's like my that's my TikTok. So it's not like 15 year olds for me. Oh um, yeah, my TikTok is like the Gen Z Asian TikTokers. Well, that's because you're clicking on that, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You're liking I'm, 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 You're calling yourself out. Why is mine all teenagers? No, I'm, I'm, I gotta, gotta support the Asians, okay? Regardless, <laughs> but I'm hate, I'm gonna clarify, I'm hate clicking on it because I'm like, fuck you. I wasn't this hot when I was 17. I'm never, yeah. Fuck you, but I, you're Asian and I still fuck with it, so I'm gonna give it the heart. You know what's so embarrassing? <laughs> when I first started doing TikTok, I didn't know the algorithm algorithm was that strong so I was like hey I was like going up to my friends being like why is TikTok just like all super muscular Asian guys <laughs> and they're like <laughs> I like outed myself <laughs> I was like why that's like the only person that's on TikTok like muscular that's Asian guys everyone's a muscular that are in construction <laughs> so so weird <laughs> I think our age is showing here young me we're like oh, the algorithm and I click this thing yeah I will say though that um it is it's very nice of you that you don't shit on millennial Asians because my sister is like a generation older than me. And there's one thing she does that makes me cringe and she posts like very sincere Facebook stories. And I'm just like, what? what? Who posts stories on Facebook? <laughs> Maybe Gen Z. I feel like Gen Z has like wrapped all the way around to the Facebook Do being Gen cool Z again. Do Gen Z post Facebook stories, Terry? Oh my God, I would never be caught doing that. But, okay. you know, I feel like I have millennial like social media habits, like a little mm. bit. I don't know. Mm. Like I just, I, okay. One thing though, this is like broad millennials, not millennial Asian Americans, okay. but like not archiving old photos. Like that is like really weird to me, oh, but I respect Instagram? it. Yeah, what do, I respect what do you mean, it. Not yeah, yeah. archiving old photos? Well, because I feel like there's, wasn't there like a gen, I think this is like a Gen Z trend where they like all of their Instagram grid, they would archive it. So there would only be like oh, one or two they pictures, like constantly right? Delete and there's like only nine there or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, you yeah. can archive it and like, you It's know. not deleting, you archive it. it. Oh. <laughs> I just like, you know, I, 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 I remember, like yeah, no, 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 I do. Brian, I like, why I like is Brian worse? <laughs> Brian's younger than me. No, I know. I remember, I remember when that became like a trend and all the Gen Z people would do it. Yeah. And they, they would just have like two pictures on. No, I've, like, I've definitely thought about this and this is just a example of my neuroses because I've, I've scrolled down back into the 2013s where I'm like, this is embarrassing, but if I archive it or delete it, then that means I'm insecure. So I don't have anything to hide. Fuck it. I'm just, I'm leaving up that 2013 selfie where wow, I look wacky shit. I got nothing to hide. Based. <laughs> yeah, I, I respect it, but I would never do it. You know? oh. <laughs> also, I was like, I was like so like undeveloped at like 2013 and I should probably not leave anything from that right, right, right. of time up on the internet. <laughs> Damn. So do, like, you, do you leave your old posts up, young me? Yeah, yes. You got nothing to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I wasn't like uh, in 2013. I was like in my mid 40s. You know, I looked like exactly <laughs> like I was like just me like from a few years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure I have some photos from 2013 where it's like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a skinny jean right there. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's a skinny, I don't give a shit. That's a, a skinny, skinny jean. jean out in the wild. <laughs> um, I don't give a shit. That's a skinny jean. 
<laughs> no, I like I like the weirdest thing about meeting like young people like Terry is like if I see a picture of like you like once I like my friend I was like looking through their profile pictures on Facebook. So this is back when people use Facebook and I clicked like four profile pictures in and it was like a high school photo, but, like a prom photo. I was like, holy shit, this person is so young. Uh, four profile pictures ago was your prom pic? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so We're, after this, Brian and I are gonna go archive all our. <laughs> By the time this comes out, everyone's gonna like look at her and be like, they're gonna, they're gonna try and find that skinny jean photo, but all they're gonna get is they're gonna get hit with the top nine, and that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna like. I'm gonna heart that skinny jean photo. Validation of the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Are you, so uh, subtle Asian dating, that's a thing of the past for you then? You're not, you don't, you don't peruse it. You're not on it anymore. No, that was like last year or like (laughs) even like almost a year and a half ago. That was so 2019. I I keep forgetting how young you are because last year is like 10 years for us. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so who are, so then who are, because you were saying that you have like a spectrum of friends that date only POCs or Asians and then some of your friends only date white people. What about you? How, How would you say that you date? I think growing up through college, I exclusively dated like Asian men. I think like I grew up in Orange County, so it was very like, I've never wanted to ever be white. It was like, I was just Vietnamese and it was like a fact Mm. of life. Yeah. Um, But I think when I moved to like the East Coast, that was something new for me. And I was like, let's just date like whoever that I think is hot. Yeah. And so, um, I'm actually dating someone right now, but he is not in New York mm-hmm. and he is a white guy, bum, but, bum, bum. <laughs> but my previous, <laughs> yeah. um, partner was, um, Latino. So okay. in recent bum, memory, bum, bum. I think I have a good track record. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Long distance then. This is like really embarrassing, but we met on, we didn't meet on Twitter, but we like started talking on Twitter, which is really weird to me but it's 2020 like you know makes oh. things happen i deleted my twitter should oh, i get back on Brian, twitter uh you're missing out on the long day twitter the, is long a dating distance. app now with it's the fleet a, yep yep oh so the fleet oh what the f- okay i did not understand like half that half the words in that sentence Brian is somehow <laughs> getting older and older <laughs> by the minute Wait, he's so, like what so- <laughs> What? She doesn't even know what Twitter is now? What happened? So me sliding into the Instagram DMs, that's that's a relic of the past. I don't yeah, think so. I guess if, um, I don't know, like, I mean, on Twitter, there's like the same thing as Insta stories. So yeah. you can like slide into the same way. It's like cross-platform yeah. DM sliding now. Whoa. Wait, you, so, so she met on her, how did, you met your partner online. Or so the person how, you're how did online. that happen? Were you just like, like liking the like, fire joke tweets? Like I or like your brain. Yeah, we actually were mutuals for like three years on Twitter, like before, like when I was in college Mm -hmm. and like we both work in media. And so like we just talk a lot about journalism tea. And so, yeah, we just started DMing a lot. And then he he came and visited me like in September, which sounds really bad, but it's really crazy. Whoa, this is a pandemic love story right here. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I feel like there's like all these stories about people like 
cuffing like really aggressively. Mm. And I think that's mm-hmm. happening to a lot of my friends in New York. Yeah. Right. But I was just like, I don't want to get COVID. And so I was just talking to a boy I met online. And that was that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had like a few quarantine romances like over the internet and then they all fizzled out. I feel like also I have had this like, like different reaction to quarantine where I've like been talking to a few people and like it gets like sort of starts getting like intense and then I'm like, ah, no, like I like shut down. Do you know what I mean? Which is like the opposite reaction that a lot of people like the cuffing people have where they're like, as soon as somebody's like, you're in there, you're like, Ugh. yeah, I don't even yeah. think it's like a relationship thing. I have a friend who is just yeah. like, I want a fuck buddy for the winter. And so she's just like moving quite aggressively with yeah. like being like, let's meet every weekend. So like I can lock it down. So it's just like, there's crazy stuff. happening. You just need somebody the there with you. Yes. They want All a body. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oh man. I feel the clock ticking. For, for I'm, me, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, like, I think I he's past this past I week. I wasn't too late. going on any dates. <laughs> it's too late for Brian. Oh, I think the theme of this episode is it's fuck. too late for Brian. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Period. I literally just sent a text to this girl yesterday being like, Hey, you want to meet for a drink next Wednesday? And you're telling me, fuck, that, why did I even do that? It's not going to lead to anything. Out. <laughs> <laughs> too I cold mean, out. it's like in the weird 50s, like thanks to climate change, where like the New York is a subtropics. But so I think like you have a little, you have like a week or two. It's not December yet. Oh, Ryan, you got a week shit. or two. You got to right, get really on it. I really got to ramp it up. These skinny jeans are going in the trash. Baggy fits only. I'm here to find a partner for the winter. <laughs> It's going to happen for you, Brian. I feel like it's going to happen. You really set your mind to it. So what was what was that like initially, though, moving to the East Coast and like coming out of your, uh, you know, the, the comfort zone of dating in an Asian bubble and then meeting um, people from different cultures? Like, can you walk us through what that experience was like or what your feelings were like behind that? Yeah, I think D.C. was really weird because it was like lobbyists, <laughs> like people, like journalism people. Uh, like military guys in Virginia, mm. like that showed up on my Tinder a lot. And oh. like, just like, I think college students or like mm. grad school students at like GW or like American university. So it was like a lot of white people and people like, I remember this weirdly happened at like a few times at the bars I went to, but people were like, you're not, you don't look like you're from here. Like not in like a, you're like Asian way, but it was right. more like, you don't look like you're from DC. And but I was you're like, California. Yeah, I mean, like, like, where I'm are your Sperry's, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, but like New York was crazier because like I feel like in DC, like everyone was so ugly a little bit, like <laughs> weird. And like moving to New York, there's like five blonde Asian girls who like have the same interests as me yeah. and like all read the same shit. And so it's like, it's good to be in like a bigger market. They're going to join our cult. They will. Like we yeah, are just yeah. gonna. We're gonna get them. We're gonna do a prayer circle or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wait. So I, I can't imagine what it's like dating in DC because I've only been there once and I was like, ew. And then it was just like I can't imagine. Did you go on a date with a lot of like political white guys? Actually, no. I tried okay. to avoid them. I Good. actually went on like quite a few dates with like Asian guys, and then I don't know. I like was I was dating some like college interns, which you know, briefly worked for the eight months I lived there. (laughs) I heard it's a thing in DC that since everyone is, you know, involved in politics, 
they'll frequently ask like, oh, who do you work for instead of what do you do? Is that true? Oh, I, I guess so. I guess I, I like just made tried, that up. I don't know. I felt like I was very much a hermit and was like, this city is below me. Although it's a great city. I have great friends there. Yeah. But yeah, New York is was where I was aiming. So I was very thrilled when I got this job last year or else, mm. I don't know, I probably would have just, I don't know, been hot and sad in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> been hot and sad in D.C. Uh, I feel like everybody that's like hot that goes to D.C., they, they're like, I'm the main character. Yep. <laughs> That's the sequel to Emily in Paris is hot and sad in DC. <laughs> we we want to ask you this question that we ask every single one of our guests. And that is, what is something that you're proud of? Oh my God. This is a very stressful question in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, what do your guests usually say? Can you help me? I'm like, oh my God. Why, why is it stressful for you? It's so it's to be honest, every single guest has such a hard time with this. And I feel like it's like an Asian American thing. I mean, you know, it's, that's not fair to just generalize like that, but I think culturally it's something a lot that of our guests struggle with this question. Yeah, and that makes you feel I, better. I just feel like it's really difficult to brag about your stuff. And Oh yeah. I was just like updating my resume and being like, Oh my God, I have to like, put lie almost about the things I've done. But anyways, I'm going to, uh, try to be positive about my work. Um, <laughs> but I recently wrote a story that's going to be coming out uh, this week on how misinformation is really a big concern in Asian American communities. And that oh. baby was like 3000 words. So I'm quite proud no. of him. I have yet to birth Aww. him, but you know, he's coming out on Friday. Can you give so. us a little teaser or is that, is that illegal? Oh, yeah, I can. This will probably be out like by the time it's out. But it's about how like there's been a lot of coverage post-election about Latinos um, being targeted for misinformation stuff. Mm -hmm. But this is also happening, you know, across all the platforms that Asians use, like WeChat, WhatsApp, Kakao mm -hmm. Talk, mm -hmm. Facebook, like on YouTube. It's just like these platforms are so bad at like handling English fake news that mm -hmm. like in like foreign languages, it's just like a whole nother like animal that they haven't even thought of. And right. wow. really weird to me that I was like the first person to write about this. And it's not even like <gasps> my job technically. So I was yeah. just like really overwhelmed by, you know, being on all those angry Facebook groups with like racist uncles yelling. <laughs> so who who's writing all, all of these like articles or like this fake information in their like home languages it's is it just like random people that like like someone's uncle or something like that and that's just being spread no there's like a few like big publications that also do like english wow. misinformation and they uh -huh. have like a very sophisticated translation campaign but wow. there's there's another nuance to that like in a lot of countries like in taiwan or korea or vietnam their their native media is very pro Trump for whatever reason. Yes, and so yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're an immigrant and you like watch, you know, like whatever, like Korean TV, you're like, oh, maybe I should be pro Trump. And so mm. it's like all these layers of things that are happening, which is really scary. Yeah, I was gonna say that when you're talking about the Vietnam, like Vietnamese Americans and their like, you know. Um, likelihood to be vote for Trump. Like my mom lives in Korea and then like the new shows that she watches, they are like sort of pro Trump. Like they look up to him or like they yeah. talk about him in a really respectful way. And, I, and like, so we'll have these conversations and I'm like, wait, wait, like he did this though. And she's like, yeah, but he's like a really good businessman. And I'm like, yeah, 
what? So I'm, I think she's getting some, I don't know what the news she's getting is, but it's obviously different. Yeah. Our community is getting red pilled, like straight up. And I was like, am I the only one who sees this? Like I can be the first person to write about this. And I am. It's crazy. Like, Oh, what an interesting topic. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, I can't wait to read this article. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Please share. That's how I, um, this is how I'm going to become the Asian misinformation reporter. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So, and where is this article going to be published? On Vox. Let's yes. go. Let's go. <laughs> I love Vox. That's all basically the only Netflix show I watch with regularity is their explained series or anything on YouTube. That's just snackable and edutainment. That's so nice of you. I like don't even do that. But <laughs> supporting um, <laughs> the company that gives me money. Um, awesome. So for our listeners, where can they find you or your work? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Nguyen Terry and I am also on Twitter at uh, Terry GT Nguyen. And you can go on Vox and probably on like every other day, an article of mine will be on the site. Yes. yes. I, I, I did some research before this episode and just a cursory Google search of Terry Nguyen just, you know, linked to a lot of your work, which is, I highly recommend for all of our listeners. Ooh. And Youngmi, what about you? Where can they find you? On social media, you can find me at YM Mayor. Um, and uh, how about you, Brian? <laughs> I was like, I, I have nothing. I got uh, nothing. And you guys can find me on social media at It's Brian Park. And if you go on my Instagram, you only find nine photos. <laughs> Archiving. <laughs> and if you uh, want to follow our podcast on socials, you can do so on Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. And if you're looking for a sound engineer for your audio projects, please hit up Sarah Pack at Impact. That is I am underscore P-A-K-T. And if you have the means and you like our content, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And then we'll shout you out on the show. And we will be, I think we've been pretty on base with our guesses. So we will figure you out because young me and I have psychic abilities. We at this point, yes, we definitely <laughs> do. All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.